0: It's Tony Nash back again, and I'm excited this week because I have Pauline Nguyen, or Nguyen, depends on which part of Vietnam you come from, <laughs> uh, the author of The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur, and also one of the owners of the famous restaurant, Red Lantern. Um, is that correct? Yes. <laughs> Terrific. All truth. <laughs> uh, uh, welcome. And, and the reason why I'm so excited, uh, The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur is... Well, um, I guess if I was to write a book and you beat me to it, (laughs) um, is that's the kind of book that I would want to write as well. I think that's the, that the content and the context is how I operate, um, and have operated as a business owner and as an entrepreneur. Um, so I'm, I'm really keen to, to delve in to, to your story and to, and to what drives you and what has driven you to be successful in what you have done.
1: Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Thank you. It's my joy to be here. What drives me? It's one of those questions, it, what's that one thing that drives you? There's so many things, so many things that drives me. Um, I think so many people will say um, my purpose, my mission, and they say it so often that some people go, yeah, yeah, and it becomes this kind of cliche comment. But when we really, really look at it, that's that's the the most powerful thing. That's the most powerful thing. And um, when we live our mission, that's when we wake up every day in spirit and inspired. And that's what spirituality is about, is about being in spirit and, and inspired.
0: So let me ask you this then, Pauline. So when you've been in business now um, for yourself for how many years?
1: Uh, the restaurant has been around for 17 years. hmm um, I have been involved in the business world since I was seven. I started working in the family business since I was seven. Right. My father, um, we're, we're refugees. We escaped Vietnam after the war. Spent a very difficult year in the Thai refugee camp after about nine days out at sea. And in 1978, Australia finally accepted us. And so coming to a new country, my father had no choice but to succeed and he was bitten by the entrepreneurial bug quite hard. We moved to uh, Cabramatta because so many of his friends had found a life for themselves in this community. And um, a lot of them opened restaurants, opened shops, did all all they could with what they knew um, to to make it. Uh, Failure wasn't an option. Mm -hmm. And so my father opened a restaurant we opened, he had Cabramatta's very first coffee machine. <laughs> we were Cabramatta's very first baristas. We were making 10-centimeter uh, cappuccinos in those years. <laughs> um, he had Cabramatta's very first ice cream parlor and also Cabramatta's very first video library. He also operated a driving school on the side. Mm-hmm. And my brothers and I provided the child labor. So... As an observer to how business works and how business runs, an observer of the entrepreneurial spirit um, has been since childhood.
0: Wow, amazing! So, so do you think is there much of what um, your father or even the extended um, adults of that strip of of businesses that were running there? Did, did were you? Do you feel like you have inherited that, or do you feel like? Um, you and this book, and what you've accomplished uh, with with the restaurant and all the other businesses that you perhaps have perhaps been involved in, do you, um, have you forged your own way, or so was that like a foundation layer, or or have you have you has that always been a horizon point in terms of where you've kind of gone to?
1: Tony, it was literally beaten into me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. It was literally beaten into all of us. My father suffered terribly from PTSD. Oh, right. um, he was a lieutenant in the army and. Um, his job in the Vietnam War was to go back to the scene and count the dead bodies after a kill. Right. And, um, so that they can better aim for next time. Um, so, uh, experiencing the horrors of war, um, as a child himself, he had trauma dumped upon him. Um, uh, I come from a family of freedom fighters. So then deciding, okay, I will not leave under the communist regime. I will build a boat with my mates. And smuggle my family out to sea. It's huge. It's mm. huge, and um, and then uh, living quite a um, humiliating and desperate life in a tent for a year with three young children. My mother gave birth to my brother Luke inside the refugee camp, and so after that, going to coming to Australia with nothing, he had a lot of. Anger inside of him and so he suffered terribly from PTSD and soon he started to offload his anger on my mother and then ourselves and then the kids uh, so to answer your question it was literally beaten into us as kids whether we liked it or not and um, one thing he did instill into all of us was a ferocious work ethic mm-hmm so that in itself laid the foundations to um, why my brothers and I are where we are today. And um, the, the biggest the biggest decision I made, having been an observer of all of that, was understanding that um, the trauma had to end with me because trauma passes down to the next generations. Mm. And it had to end with me before I decided to, or when I decided to have children.
0: Right. So um, because... When I think of the title of your book, The Way of the Spiritual Entrepreneur, uh, there's not a lot of spirituality in beatings um, or PTSD or that kind of trauma. So, um, so has this been, was it a cathartic process to write the book or was it, um, you had already kind of transcended all of that. So therefore the words flowed easily out of you because you were, you were working off. Um, your own internal wisdom? How, how how did that all come about?
1: My first book called Secrets of the Red Lantern, that was um, published in uh, 2007. Um, that was a mass- massive catharsis. Right. Um, that was... Uh, a very dark and personal memoir, which I disguised as a recipe book so people would buy it. <laughs> it worked a treat. I won debut writer of the year for it, mm-hmm. um, voted by the Australian publishing industry. And, um, and then uh, it became an international bestseller. Mm-hmm. Uh, opened so many doors for me. And so that book was uh, a huge catharsis. And um, I... I wrote it for my daughter Mia so that she can understand why I am the person I am and how I came to be, you know, and and also a huge reminder of where I came from and what it took to get here. And um, my life really changed when I I did not expect one bit the impact that that book would make um, worldwide and it wasn't until all the letters and all the emails came from people worldwide um people uh, survivors uh, of domestic violence um vietnam vets who thought my father a hero um uh, mm. with how i portrayed him in the first book um uh a number of letters from um, people who admitted that they were once racist but no longer racist after reading the book. And most surprising was um, letters from, a lot of letters from the children of survivors of the Holocaust. Um, Same scenario, different war. Mm -hmm. And that was when opened my doors to saying, well, I I can make a massive massive impact. Um, And then it became a mission for me and so the catharsis really happened in the first book the second book is indeed the transcendence of it all and so the way of the spiritual entrepreneur there are seven secrets to becoming fearless stress free and unshakable and so far like the first book the feedback has been wonderful and a lot of feedback from people who also had those experiences as a, as 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 a child and finding ways how they can escape that suffering, mm-hmm. um, so, um, as my first book was a dark and personal memoir, which I disguised as a cookbook, this one is a story about personal disruption, reinvention, and human potential disguised as a book for spiritual entrepreneurs
0: <laughs> right I see. so you're, you're it's a it's a, a wolf in sheep's clothing kind of um, but it's, so obviously it sounds like your intention is to is to um, it, uh, kind of stimulate someone's thinking. Like you obviously have an intention there about what you're writing about to, to disrupt um, probably the, the modus operandi, the, the way that people have kind of operated and go, well, hold on a second, there is another way of, that you may consider. Is that what you're trying to do with your book? On,
1: on two levels. Um, it, uh, at its core, the story is about entrepreneurship. You know, we have our balls on the line every day. Um, There's a whole lot of grit and resilience and courage that must come with that. Um, And uh, I I coach and I mentored so many entrepreneurs over the years. And it is overcoming ourselves. the, The disruption is personal disruption. Um, I've held these beliefs for so long and they're not working for me. Okay, um, let me give you some of the tools on how I did it mm-hmm. and what works for me. Perhaps this will work for you as well. So the book very much meets you, the reader, where you are. Mm-hmm. And it's purely saying these are the tools that I have used in my entrepreneurial life and man we've fallen to our knees many many times, we've also celebrated many times as most entrepreneurs have Um, but uh, it's that emotional toxicity that we carry in our hearts because of childhood experiences, because of um, bankruptcies because of how the economy is, all the the sufferings we have as a human being as well as an entrepreneur and so um, understanding that there is another light to be shone on that, and it is to come back into ourselves and work on our spirit, understanding that spirituality has nothing to do with religion. Um, Spirituality doesn't need religion. It's religion that most often needs spirituality. And um, some of the most successful people I know, success being fulfillment, some of the most successful people I know are in spirit. And inspired on a daily basis that's not to shut out eyes and our ears to the natural vicissitudes of life either because 24 7 happiness and positivity doesn't work right it's not real Um, which is why fearlessness is a much more powerful attribute Um, how 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 do we understand stress so that we can stress less so that we can feel less and then how do we understand ourselves so deeply that we are unshakable to adversities in life, knowing that um, it is optimism that we must tap into rather than positive thinking. Mm.
0: So when when you, I mean, you write about entrepreneurship. I have um, in when I do my public speaking, I talk about that everyone is an entrepreneur, and an entrepreneur makes the invisible visible, and we hack into that universal database. That exists. Everything exists already, and we bring it and manifest it in in real life. Yes. So is so therefore is your book for everyone, and that um, and. Under the, you know, the idea that entrepreneurship, from my perspective, mm-hmm. everyone, doesn't matter. Just because you don't own your own company, it doesn't mean that you're not an entrepreneur. If you invent a new, a new way of doing something, or a new practice, or a new system, you, uh, even to the point for me, even if you're a parent, you, you've created something new that never existed, uh, a child. And, and so therefore, uh, those that aren't in business for themselves, can they read your book? And is there, are there some great messages in there for everyone?
1: Absolutely. And many entre- many non-entrepreneurs in the definition of that word read my book, have read my book, right. um, because it's the human story. It is the human story. And um, uh, everyone has demons. Everyone has a past. These tools are for everyone, um, if they are ready. Mm-hmm. Not everyone is ready to look in the mirror.
0: Mm. So when... When does someone know that they're ready? Is it is it does it take them by surprise, or are they uh, from from your experience, or do they is it become so um, deafening the the universe sending them messages yeah. uh, that they know that they're actually they can't avoid they they can't avoid the, all the bridges behind them are burnt. This is the book you need to read, or this is the job you need to take, or this is the. The the work you need to do is that how it resonates with you?
1: Um, from my experience as a coach and a mentor, as well as an observer of life and society, I think it starts when you have a niggling, um, and then it comes down to awareness and consciousness. Mm-hmm. Some people have the niggling, and they think that it's just a part of life, and they live it by default, and they think, um, and, and then it becomes their identity. Uh, I am anxious. I suffer from anxiety. I am stressed. I suffer from stress. Um, and then they are addicted to the hormone of that emotion, addicted to the hormone of stress, and it becomes them. And then there are those who are ready. they wait on. wait a minute, This this niggling in my gut, this niggling in my heart, it's not okay anymore. I don't want to be this person anymore. And then they wake up a little bit more and they ask questions. Um, wait a minute. What 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 are these beliefs? What are these beliefs that I'm hurting myself with? Are they serving me anymore? And then they wake up a little more and they question a little bit more and then until they question everything. And um, especially for an entrepreneur, I don't I don't think anyone seeks coaching unless they have fallen to their knees at some stage and said, I need I need help here. I need guidance here. You know, um, and um, to answer your question, I believe that the niggling either amplifies or gets dumbed down depending on the person's level of development. When they say, enough now, enough. Certain different levels and different aptitudes.
0: So you, you talk about your mentoring or coaching. Has that been, you're also running your own business? You're still running your own businesses? Where what, what are you up to with your with your commercial life now? Co-
1: commercial life, um, the restaurant runs without me. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't been rostered on uh, on the Red Lantern roster for the last 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm in town, when I'm not traveling around speaking, uh, I'm there Friday, Saturday nights. Um, I'm the one polishing cutlery, serving food, um Touching my team, polishing glasses. I cut myself with a glass last Saturday, and um, I love that. It it keeps it real. It reminds me of where I came from. My team love having me around because there's one thing I I can't uh, I don't do well, and I don't like doing is micromanaging. If I have to micromanage my staff, they become very expensive for me. Um, Last night, for example, I was uh, in the private dining room. I hold um, the Spiritual Entrepreneur Roundtables, and the events sell out really fast, and um, the magic number is always 10, 10 people, um, and we we met, well, it's been about once a month, and um, we go through particular parts of the book, and the conversations get really, really juicy. So it works to be so far around half-half at every session, half entrepreneurs, half non-entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs. Um, and it starts at 4 and by about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, that's a lot of hours. I was like, all right, everyone, <laughs> got to go now. Uh, we, we, we develop this sort of cocoon and, and nobody wants to leave. Um, I, I also hold several events in the restaurant, um, but that – I've, I've built a, an ecosystem, um, so I, I, I write, I, I coach, I mentor, um, I coach at sunrise every morning, um, and then I, I also speak so that is the ecosystem of my commercial life
0: Wow Wow! I think everyone who's listening right now if you so your 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 restaurants in Sydney yes people are listening to this all over Australia, probably potentially all over the world. Uh, They must be very jealous to (laughs) be able to and want to attend. I'm sure I want to now um, come and go to one of your events. How often are you doing those roundtables?
1: The roundtables, the next one is May 14. Um, I also run retreats. Um, They're beautiful. I run women-only retreats called Ziva Life Collective. Mm -hmm. Um, In June, I have awakened the Spiritual Entrepreneur Retreat, Mm -hmm. and so the... Spiritual entrepreneur roundtables, we help solve one another's problems from a higher state of mind. And then the Awaken the Spiritual Entrepreneur Retreat is when we really put those practices and reprogram the subconscious and we start to reframe. And then we start to, oh, there's a whole lot of, there's a whole lot of beautiful things we do. Um, and the Ziva Life Collective retreats, are, are for women only. And then we we tap into the, 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 the feminine divine. Ziva is for where the misfits fit. <laughs> I, I, love, I love those events. And, um, soon there's going to be, um, the way of the spiritual man as well. Oh, wow. a, an event that I will be holding for men. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that it was a part of my ecosystem i didn't tell you about the round tables uh, the next one is in in may so they're about every month or so um
0: juicy juicy
1: conversations
0: but with 10 only surely there's got to be a waiting list i mean yes our,
1: of course they sell out all the time
0: <laughs> must be must be tough to get a, a seat at the round table
1: sometimes it is <laughs>
0: right wow how exciting i'm sure those of you that are listening uh, to that you want to get your name and I will certainly be doing it after this. Don't you worry about that.
1: Wonderful. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: And um, and so we've kind of come to the end of, of our first session. So uh, thank you, Pauline. I look forward to uh, coming back shortly um, and we'll, we'll talk a bit more. Pauline Wynn, thank you.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Booktopia podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to us on SoundCloud and iTunes And if your eyeballs need a workout, check us out on YouTube at Booktopia TV. And don't forget, for all books featured on this episode and all episodes of the Booktopia podcast, head to Booktopia, Australia's local bookstore, at
0: www.booktopia.com.au. Thanks for listening.